disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in the town used to come to him and say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, while it was true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest we find her come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him night and day? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, you will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Moses teaches us anything about prayer, probably reminds us a little bit of ourselves that prayer sometimes can be repetitive and tedious and tiring. And if we find prayer that way in our own lives, good. It's not a bad thing. We can't have prayer that's easy and that's consoling and it's simple all the time. Prayer is more than a form of entertainment, right? Prayer is something that's worth doing, and therefore, something that is difficult, something that sometimes takes great practice, just like any great skill. And so challenge is good. Sometimes people think they're doing something wrong, but it might be exactly they're doing something that is right. It so happens that last year I had the honor of preaching at the same Sunday, that is the Sunday after Father James preached on the rosary and on the support in prayer and in generosity for our student brothers and novices in their study for the priesthood and religious life. And as in the Dominican order, often we'll honor the whole month of October, the feast of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. Last year, I preached on the meditations, the mysteries of the rosary and I have suggested that the mysteries can be read like scripture itself 
and in that form of ancient Catholic prayer, Lexio Divina, that we think about and therefore, in a sense, read the, read the mysteries, that we meditate on those mysteries, think about what the Lord is doing, think about what it means for us, form a prayer with an intention, or most especially a resolution in our heart to move us, and then perhaps sometimes these, this work opens up to contemplation. The mysteries are the most important part of the rosary, but they're not the only part. The rosary is complex, and sometimes it drives people off. It, it has a lot of moving parts, not unlike the Mass. There's a lot of moving parts. There's the contemplation of the mysteries themselves. There is the rote prayer. There's a physical aspect, or the kneeling, or, or sitting quietly, or using the beads. All of these things are different parts. And that's the wonderful thing about the rosary, and that it draws the whole person in. Our imagination, our intellect, our heart, our bodies. It draws the whole person in, our voice. There's a vocal part of the rosary. And that vocal part is important. And as I said, sometimes I think people think we have this myth that prayer needs to be easy. Sometimes we have this idea that vocal prayer or repetitive prayer is bad. And I don't know where we get that. Are you a person, sometimes there's people, you know, there's different people that pray. Do you pray by each day? A lot of litanies and a lot of prayers you get through your prayers each day. Or are you a person that comes and visits the tabernacle of the Lord, hidden in the tabernacle, and just, just watch? Who's better? No one. Because this is the way that each one of us are called to pray. And now we have to be ready to adjust throughout our lifetime and respond and make sure we're listening and also speaking to God, but most especially listening. Absolutely. But that spectrum of practice, that each person prays differently and needs different things, more meditations and guides, fewer, that's fine. That's good. There's a diversity of prayer, and then we're drawn into that. And the rosary itself has that. The spoken prayers themselves are not simply background, but the way for some to pray. And in fact, amazing prayers in themselves, and points of mis the mysteries in themselves, perhaps even more so, or in a broader sense, than the other 20 mysteries of the rosary. That those prayers are important. They're way more than spoken prayers or background noise. And in fact, you know, we look at the early, early origins of the rosary, before St. Dominic receives the rosary, and then we form the rosary in the way we understand. It used to be that there were the friars and the monks and, and the nuns who would chant the divine office and choir in Latin. And, we, and then the, the potters and the aves, that is, the, 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 our fathers, the Hail Marys, counted on fingers or counted on stones way before beads or knots or beads themselves later on were for those who were less literate and couldn't, couldn't pray in Latin in that same way. And yet, what greater prayers are there than these? St. Thomas Aquinas, our fellow Dominican, writes a work on the greatest prayers, with the creed being one of them, and of course the Our Father and the Hail Mary. These prayers are of profound, profound use and are, as St. Paul says in the second reading, when he speaks about Scripture, right? He says Scripture is beneficial to refute, to correct, and to grow in righteousness. And is not these prayers the same? These scriptural prayers, the Our Father itself, 
Because the Our Father isn't a rote prayer in the sense that any other prayer, is it? The Our Father was given to us by our Lord when his disciples asked him to pray. And our Lord not only gives a prayer, but within that prayer, a whole structure of how to pray and how to live. It's an amazing prayer and encapsulation of the teachings of Christ. It is a powerful prayer against the evil one and for growth and hope. It precisely does this little piece of scripture that we pray as taught by Christ is, does in fact fulfill those things described by St. Paul. It helps us to respond in a deeper way to God. It corrects our course and it helps us to grow in virtue. The Hail Mary too, the first two intentions come from scripture. The Archangel Gabriel is the cousin of Our Lady, St. Elizabeth. These things help us to grow. But yes, there's repetitive. You know, the rosary, there's 50 of them, 50 Hail Marys. I remember as a young person with my family praying the rosary, I'd always count on that. I, could, I would always know when we were two and a half decades through, because then it was downhill from here. We're almost done. I get, get through it. I liked it. I liked the idea. I didn't like doing it. Couldn't we do less? Couldn't we just one, one, one Hail Mary? Want to help uh, survive and a little thinking of the mystery? <laughs> I got the concept, but the repetition, I don't know. We find rep to, to understand repetition, I, 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 sometimes you go somewhere else, right? You go to another country and you understand your own better or, it's in, in, or, 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 or whatnot. For me, it was uh, in the Eastern Church. When I first encountered I kind of wondered at it. Uh, I remember encountering the, the Lord, Lord have mercy. In our Mass, let's repeat, Lord have mercy. Right? When Christ have mercy, it's six times, right? Well, they did it 40, in groups of 40. Forget which season it was. So that we did the Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. It was interesting. It was exotic because of something different. And I said, why? But why? Why did they do this? Does not the Lord hear the first time? In the Byzantine liturgy, what really made me understand this concept of repetition, though, was at the offertory. When we're preparing the gifts, we're preparing the bread and wine for the consecration in a few minutes, they, they, we sing, let us set aside all earthly cares, which is a profound statement. It's something that we could also do here. So we come to the altar, we've brought all of our intentions, we will even state them officially after the homily and the creed. We bring our prayers, but there's a moment where we enter into the new heaven and the new earth. We, the doors, of, even if we do not see, the doors of heaven open. We enter into this holy space. We call it a foretaste, but it's only a foretaste of the divine banquet because we don't see clearly yet. The Lord is present and his angels and saints. Let us set aside all the cares twice, four times, eight times. Well, it depends how long the priest takes. It's how long you sing it. It can be up to 30. Why? I found it at first interesting, like I said, exotic. After a while, I don't know, what's next? I kind of wonder. But after it comes, and you hear it in each divine liturgy, each Byzantine mass, it sinks into you. It teaches you something. And, and I realized, you know, don't we do this with movie lines? And with our songs that we like? What else have we memorized? We do, even though it's not popular today, or maybe we lost that gift of memorization. All of us have something memorized, something we say often, and those things are formative. 
why I have to be careful what we choose to memorize. They're formative in our life. They guide us in what we are. So if we quote a movie line, it says something about us, doesn't it? We quote a song, or have a favorite one that we sing along with. And so it is these sacred antiphons, acclamations, repetitions that form who we are. Let us set aside all earthly cares. So I came back and understood, for me, in a little way, understand a little bit, trying to put into practice what the Hail Mary means, what the repeated Our Father means, that these are our acclamations. This is our song. This is our way of responding to God and expressing it in our life. This is just one of the things that repeated prayer does. So these vocal prayers, especially in the, in the rosary, are important in themselves in addition to the mysteries. And they contribute to the, the way the mystery is understood and the way the mystery is led in our life. Now I use the word acclamation. When we talk about the rosary, there's two, two words we can use that, that, we, that really come from the East. And we have, to, we've got to use, we have to use them for a second because they're important. One I mentioned last year was meditation. Meditation is used by various religions. When we say Buddhism and Hindu meditation, it means to do a practice that empties the self. When we talk about meditation in the Christian church, we do meditation to fill ourselves with Christ. To fill or seeking something. Not to be empty, empty ourselves from those worldly cares that we might be full of our Lord, full of the Holy Spirit. Another word that sometimes is applied to our prayers, especially the Eastern Jesus prayer, but it can also say to the Hail Mary, is the idea of a mantra. Is it a mantra? A mantra is similar to Hindu and Buddhism. It's a way of meditation. What's different for us? So why don't we say that? Why do we say acclamation or prayer? Uh, prayer says it right there. It's directed towards something. There's an object, and that is God. So it's a very different way of belief, and so we want to understand that, right? And so repeated prayer does that. It directs towards God. It focuses us, because a lot of us lack focus. I lack focus, and so, in fact, we often are even distracted in our prayers, and our rule is always, at the glory beat of the psalm, or the, or the decade of the rosary, say, oh, wait, okay, knowing that half the time most of us are distracted anyway, to come back and say, oh yes, this is why we're praying, this is what we're doing. So this direction towards God, repeated prayer helps us then to correct, right? To correct the, the direction uh, of, of our prayer. This is Paul, St. Paul says in the scripture today. The, another way is that you know, repeated prayer, like I described in that kind of let us set aside earthly cares acclamation, it breaks us down in a good way. It breaks our will. Or, or perhaps maybe we could say opens our will to Christ. It's like water upon the rock that changes, like an ancient cave or, or, or an arch, and the wind and rock have formed and make it into something beautiful. Repeated prayer can do this because we put then that practice of the Lord uh, into our heart. And repeat it, it could be vocal or not, but it forms us in this way. Constant prayer, frequent prayer, reminds us then of our need for God and his, his great mercy. God is ever merciful. Uh, you get in the sense, you know, in the gospel today, that are we the widow convincing God who's kind of asleep in his house to knock on the door? No. We are the widow in the story. God is not the unjust judge. This is why at the end he says, if this man can do this, I'm going to do so much more. The teaching in the Eastern Church that says, you know, with all those pre Lord have mercies, 
or in the Jesus prayer, or you pray hundreds of times in one sitting, potentially. Lord Jesus Christ, the living God, have mercy on me. What does the Lord do? Yawn? Oh gosh, this person's really persistent. No! What they say each time we ask, the Lord is ever ready to respond. He says, yes, I have mercy. So part of repeated prayer is to remind ourselves, like Moses today, of our need for God and open our hearts to the mystery. We are the ones like that rock being formed, being changed. And when we pray constantly, whether it's the vocal prayers, the prayers of the rosary, mysteries, thinking, whatever we do, if we begin to practice prayer more and more, then we become like that which we're praying for. We become like the Lord. We become like and act out the petitions of our Father. We become like the petitions. We grow in faith as we ask Our Lady to pray for us so that we then are strengthened as the apostles were in the upper room before Pentecost. God doesn't change. So we don't even beseech the mercy of God. And this is ever useful, but God we know is ever compassionate. And that when we pray this prayer, we are also then seeking our change. We become people of compassion and of peace. Therefore, these scriptural prayers of the rosary and its mysteries, but also it is our fathers and Hail Marys are profound ways that help us to practice that prayer. And when we're beginning prayer, have 30 seconds while we're waiting for something. When we're in a time of temptation, when we're weak and we need to be lifted up, like Moses did in his prayer, that we can pray these prayers. We have to bring out our rosary, but even just pray these parts of Scripture. And there comes Our Lady, St. Dominic, whoever your patron might be, to hold us up, just as Aaron and her held up Moses as he did the hard work of prayer ever in his life, seeking the face of God.